Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. And I want uh, to be in the book of Malachi uh, today, which is the last book of the Old Testament. Continue my study in Malachi as we're trying to break the chains of indifference toward our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, just as, as a church and as the people of God trying to live in ways that are, are pleasing uh, for him. This morning, I'll start off with an old uh, story about a, an old $1 bill and an even older $20 bill that arrive at a Federal Reserve Bank on the, on the same day to be retired, you know, to be taken out of circulation. And, and the $20 bill said, you know, I've had a really good life. I mean, I've been to Hawaii I've been to the finest restaurants in New York. I've been on a Caribbean cruise. I've had all these wonderful trips. The dollar said, wow, that seems like an exciting life that you had. And uh, the $20 bill asked the $1 bill, well, where have you been? The $1 bill said, oh, I I I've been to the Methodist church. I've been to the Baptist church. I, I spent some time with the Lutherans. And the $20 bill interrupted. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. What in the world is a church? You know, that's an old story, but it talks about an even older problem that, you know, it's supposed to portray. It touches upon the fact that the church of God does not give back to the God of the church what, with what God has graciously blessed them. The church of God, and meaning, you know, the people who make up uh, the church, we have taken on the attitude that everything that we have is ours, it belongs to us, we can do it with our stuff, whatever we wanna do with our stuff, not even considering that, you know what, everything that we have comes from God. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Everything that we, we all the resources that we have comes from God, and if God has given us everything that we have, I mean, technically, he has claim over all of it. But God just asks, directs, that we give a portion of what we have for the ministry to his people and ministry to the world. Now, when the people of God stop giving to the work of God, the work of God can no longer function properly. But the biggest problem isn't just the lack of resources for the ministry of God. The biggest problem is the heart that is put on display, the disobedience that is put on display, and missed opportunities to bless and missed opportunities of ministry uh, that, that comes with it. So yes, today I'm talking about a dreaded subject, a subject that everyone hates pastors to even talk about, money. I mean, the second I start talking about money, everyone's tuning me out already. Man, you missed a Sunday. The first Sunday you come back and you're going to talk about money. You know, I know you're going to get mad. Some of you might want to chase me. Guess what? You're not going to have to chase me far. I can't go anywhere with a gimpy leg. Your defenses went up. The preacher's going to talk about money. That's all preachers care about is money. That's all, all they do. But... If you look at the Bible, you know, strangely enough, the Bible actually talks a lot about money. Strangely enough, the Bible talks about how people are supposed to use the resources that they're given, including money, right? It says, and what it shows is, is that what you do with the resources that you're given by God 
is kind of, it puts on display your spiritual maturity or lack thereof. It says a lot about the level of faith that you have, that God can provide for you. Jesus gave us a proper perspective on our resources and our money. When he said in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What you do with your money and your resources shows where your heart is. Are you investing in the heavenly at all, or are you merely investing in the earthly? And, and, and here, God, you know, God's ta- in, in the passage we're looking at in Malachi, God's talking to this people. They, they've been brought back from, uh, from captivity, and you would think they would learn their lesson, I mean, from all the reasons why they were sent into captivity, but they don't. And God gives them this, this perspective. If, if you are not investing in the heavenly, if you're not investing in God's work, you're actually robbing God. But it, it's not merely that. It's not merely a guilt trip that you're robbing God because when you're robbing God, you're actually robbing yourself. Because you're robbing yourself of blessing, you're robbing yourself of a close communion with God, you're robbing yourself of a full spiritual life, you're you're robbing yourself of of having a chance to grow and mature. And so today, I mean, I'm not here to lay a guilt trip, I'm not here to purposely make people mad, I I am here to fulfill the vision of the church because, I mean, my desire is to disciple people so that they have a biblical worldview on every subject that there is. They're able to look at everything that's going on in the world. They're able to look at their own lives from a biblical perspective, from a biblical worldview, so we can fulfill our mission of growing and living for Christ together. That is why we study these things. That's why sometimes we study the topics that are not comfortable, the topics that we don't want to hear about, things like that. We want to have a biblical perspective. And we want to have the biblical perspective on how, you know, when we rob God, we're robbing ourselves. And we're robbing other people as well. But I want us to see what God had to say to the people through Malachi during that time when they should have been obedient people. They should have learned their lesson, but they didn't. So what does God have to say about this? Well, I want to read verses 6 through 12 of Malachi chapter 3. And so make sure you're in Malachi chapter 3, and let's stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word as I read these verses. God says, Since I, the Lord, do not go back on my promises, you, sons of Jacob, have not perished. From the days of your ancestors, you have ignored my commandments and have not kept them. Return to me, And I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you say, how should we return? Can a person rob God? You indeed are robbing me, but you say, how are we robbing you? In tithes and contributions or offerings. You are bound for judgment because you are robbing me. This whole nation is guilty. Bring the entire tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my temple. Test me in this matter, says the Lord of heaven's armies, to see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven 
and pour out blessing for you until there is no room for it all. Then I will stop the plague from ruining your crops and the vine will not lose its fruit before harvest, says the Lord of heaven's armies. All nations will call you blessed for you indeed will live in a delightful land, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, I just pray that as we study your word, even the difficult subjects, even the subjects we don't want to talk about, even the subjects that we just don't want to hear about, Lord, that you would take it and implant it by your spirit, by the Christ in us, that you would take the word and, and, and just put it in our minds and cause us to think, cause us to consider where we are in our walk with you in this area as well as others. And we ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. Let's, thank you so much. So God is writing to a people that have just become indifferent to him. They just pretty much don't care about God anymore. And a symptom of their indifference comes in this area of giving to God's ministries. And there's three lessons in this passage I want to touch on today. And so first, I want you to see that a lack of giving to God's ministries is actually a symptom of a deeper problem. It is a symptom of a deeper problem. Now, with... I've mentioned before in going through Malachi that the book of Malachi is structured around several disputes that God has with the Jews. I mean, he, they, he, he's taking them to court is, is sort of how it, it's been uh, structured, how this book is structured. And, and so he points out areas of disobedience and bad attitudes that they have, areas where they need to repent, areas that he's trying to prepare them for the coming of their Messiah which would happen, you know, about 400 years later, but he's trying to prepare the hearts now. And we might could say in studying this book, God is preparing us for the coming of the Messiah the second time when he returns, whenever it might be. Could be today, could be 400 years from now, whenever it might be. God desires us to have a walk that is holy before him and a, a, so that we have a close walk with him. And, but if we're gonna have a close walk with him, we need to know where we're going wrong. And so God is pointing out to the people in, in Malachi's time where they're being disobedient. And really he's charging them with being apostate. You're falling away from the faith. I mean, you've become so indifferent to me, you're just fall, falling away from the faith. So, I mean, through the book of Malachi, they accused God of not being a God of love and he took him to the carpet for that. They showed him, and in response to that, they showed him a disinterested worship. He pointed that out. They, their ministers were not giving them God's word that they needed, uh, and he pointed that out. They were being faithless to the covenant. They accused God of being unjust, and, and just God rebukes them. Look, you are, you're, you're not walking right before me. Your, your indifferent attitude is being shown in all these different areas, and God is prodding them. Look, look in your heart. Look at what's going on in your life. You know, and here we are, we have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us. And do, do, we, not, do we think that we can somehow shortchange him in, in that area of our lives? You know, he gave his everything and, and what? We're, we're just going to give him a Sunday morning and a, and a dollar or, or something like that? And so they're being accused, they're being, God's prodding them, God's calling them to repentance. God is saying, you need to repent. He rebukes them, he corrects them, he disciplines them, 
But there is something that he does not do. And I want us to remember this as, as we're you know, going through this. God does not abandon them. Even when we're disobedient, God does not abandon. That's not one thing he's going to do. He tells them in verse 6, since I, the Lord, do not go back on my promises, other translations will say, since I, the Lord, do not change, you, O sons of Jacob, have not perished. Yes, God is angry with them. God desires for them because God is our ultimate good. Jesus Christ is our ultimate good. But for them, you know, God is their ultimate good. For them to walk with him rightly is, their, is the best thing for them in their life. And... But they're not, you know, it's a frustrating thing. But God does not back out on his promises. He says, I'm not going to abandon you. I do not change. I'm not backing out of my promises. I'm not going to wipe you out. Yeah, I disciplined you by sending you into captivity, brought you back. You're being disobedient again. You didn't learn the lesson. Let's, let's, I, I, I want you to be a holy vessel before me, because they were God's chosen vessel for the Messiah, right? But God had covenant with them, and God will not break covenant promises. That does not mean God won't discipline his children, but God will not break covenant promises. And so God tells them in verse 7, he makes the promise first, I, I'm not going to change, I'm not going to back out on my promises, you are not going to be destroyed, but in verse 7, he's going to correct them again. He's going to rebuke them again. But you are in the wrong. And he says in verse 7, you're just like your fathers, the ones, that, the ones that I sent into captivity, you're just like them. You're just like those ancestors. You're, 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 you're disobedient. You're apostate. You know, because their, their ancestors didn't follow God's commands. Neither do they. So God tells them what they need to do is return. Return to me. And when he's saying return, he's saying return in repentance, return in repentance to me. And he says, when you return to me, I'm going to return to you. When you return to me in repentance, I'm going to return to you in revival. But they still don't think they've done anything wrong. I mean, what do you mean, what do you mean return to you? We never left you, God. Oh, really? Wink, wink. They didn't think they needed to repent of anything. So how are we going to return? We don't, need to re we don't need to repent. Everything's fine. My life, our lives are great. I don't need to return to God. Well, yes, you do. You need to return to God. You, you've broken commandments. You are not walking in obedience. So God gives them a, a, an example of their disobedience, of their apostasy. They say, uh, how, how are we going to return to you? I mean, why, what, what do you mean? Well, you rob me when you withhold your tithes and your contributions or your offerings. You're robbing me. What do you mean we're, you're, we're robbing you? You're robbing me of tithes and offerings. But looking at the book as a whole, this is but one symptom of a deeper issue. The, the robbing of God of tithes and offerings is a symptom of an even deeper issue. Your disobedience in this one issue demonstrates that you don't hold God's word in high value. You are not walking close, commun in close communion with God. It shows that you're worldly. It shows that you're not walking in the spirit. It shows that you're spiritually immature. 
And so this, this robbing of God, this lack uh, of giving to his ministries it, as he commands, is just a symptom of a greater spiritual problem. You know, if I'm suffering from a fever, the fever isn't the problem. The fever is pointing out that there's another problem. There's a deeper issue. There's a virus. There's an infection. Something's going on. If I want to deal with the fever, I got to deal with the root cause of the fever. If I'm being disobedient to God in this one area, why am I being disobedient to God in that one area? And trust me, if we're being disobedient to God in one area, we're being disobedient to God in a whole lot more than just one area. We're being disobedient to God in many other areas. And so if you're, you're, you're being disobedient to God, you're not stewarding your money as he has called you to do. And stewarding means administrating. How you steward your resources demonstrates your, where you're at spiritually. Where your money is, there your heart is also. If you, it, it, how you steward your resources demonstrates if you have faith in God, if you believe his word, it, it you know, shows where your, your heart is. Withholding the tithes and offerings to God for his ministry, it's a symptom of a deeper spiritual issue. Now, having said that, I don't want anyone to mistake that, okay, if I do give tithes and offerings, that means I am at the pinnacle of holiness. Like they should put saint in front of my name or something because I'm being obedient in this one area. Well, no. That doesn't mean that at all, but at least you're being obedient in that one area. But, I mean, you might have other issues. I mean, if I take an ibuprofen to get rid of the fever, the fever might go, but, you know, the, the root issue is, is still there. And so if I'm being disobedient in, in one area, what is the root issue? Where, why, why is my spiritual health the way it is? If I'm being disobedient to God in this area of giving, of, of how I use the resources God has given me, what is the deeper spiritual issue? And so God says you need to return to him. They, are, they were being disobedient. Now, they were being disobedient in a lot of different ways. That's why this whole book of Malachi was, was written. But he does say that the giving of tithes and offerings is a symptom of an overall spiritual sickness. So if we're being disobedient in this one area, Why? What is the deeper spiritual issue that's going on in my life? And if I'm falling short here, I'm going to find I'm falling short elsewhere. Why? Do I not have faith in God? Have I truly given myself to Jesus Christ? Am I saved? I'm not saying you're lost if you're not tithing offering, but I mean, you, why? am I just being worldly? Has the world taken hold of my heart? And mind. And so I want us to consider, you know, the, the disobedience toward this area. It, it's a sign of a deeper spiritual issue. But there's other lessons that, that God gives through Malachi to us about this issue. So secondly today, we have to notice that if we're disobedient in this particular issue, there is going to be a fallout for a larger group. There is going to be a fallout for a larger group. In verse 9, God reemphasizes that they're robbing him by not bringing those tithes and offerings. And he says that because of this area of disobedience, they're bound for judgment. That's what the New English translation says. Some of your translations might say, you're cursed with a curse or something along those lines. God is saying this to his own people. I mean, you're, you're gonna be judged, but it's not a judgment for destruction. It is 
dis, it's, it's discipline. You know, it's not a judgment for destruction. God doesn't go back on his promises. There's not gonna be a break in relationship. There's not gonna be, God's not gonna just toss us to the side and say, you know what, forget you. I'm, I'm, just, gonna, I'm just gonna do something else because I, y'all just getting on my nerves. God's never, never gonna say that. But he will discipline his children, right? It tells us in Hebrews, he disciplines those whom he loves. And if you're in Christ, you are his child. If you're being disobedient, you are going to be disciplined. And so God will discipline his people for disobedience, but discipline is ultimately for good because it brings people back in repentance to God. If I mean, God disciplines us not just to be mean, not to just to discipline, but to correct the behavior. That's what we parents do. We want to correct the behavior so that we have a closer walk with God. And so he wants us to return in repentance. But when we are disobedient, it doesn't only affect us. See, in verse 9, God is laying this disobedience at the feet of the nation. Even though the whole nation wasn't being disobedient in this particular area, I mean, probably the vast majority were, I mean, but the disobedience of the one group had repercussions, had a fallout for everybody else. Yes, you know what, there were some Jews who were being very faithful to God, they were following his commands, they were tithing of the first fruits, they were bringing the sacrifices, they were bringing the offerings, and yet those who were obedient were still being swept up under the curse, under the discipline. Because there's a fallout when we're disobedient. There's a repercussions because it not only affects us, it affects those around us. Just like, I mean, this disobedience is just like any other disobedience. Our sins don't only affect us. Our sins affect the people around us. There is a fallout when we sin. If I have pride, my pride affects everybody around me. If I have anger, my anger affects everybody around me. If I have fill in the blank with whatever sin you want to fill in, it affects everybody else around me. And the, the, the disobedience in the area of tithes and offerings is the same. Because think of this, your sin and your disobedience to, you know, your disobedience to God's word is like throwing a large rock into a lake and when the rock hits the water, it ripples and touches everything else around it. It touches the surrounding area. And when we disobey God, it not only hurts us, it hurts those around us. When it comes to tithes and offerings, you're not only robbing God and you're not only robbing yourself, you're robbing the entire church. The entire church is reaping the consequence of your sin. If you disobey in this area, the whole church suffers for it. And you know, I'm talking about the, the people. I'm not talking about staff. I'm not talking about pastor. I'm talking about the people. Harvest Baptist Church suffers. If we're disobedient in this area, we are hurting the people around us because maybe the church isn't able to do what it wants to do in ministry because we don't have the funds. Maybe we're not fulfilling mission as we could or, or going out and fulfilling mission as we could or supporting missions as we could because of disobedience in this area. Did you ever think that God will not come in power and glory upon a church that is disobedient? I mean, now, okay, 
I, I know a lot of people are, are jaded because of all the shysters that are on TV and radio, right? Because we think, you know, oh, if, if a pastor or anyone involved in ministry is talking about money, um, they're doing it to pad their own pockets. I mean, we, we become jaded in that way. But look, I don't need a jet, I don't, I don't need a mansion, I, I, I don't need none of that, but I'll tell you what I want. I want a church that is growing and maturing in Christ. But I can't help in that area if we're being disobedient, right? We're not gonna grow and mature in Christ if we're being dis- disobedient. We're not gonna see God work if we're, we're being disobedient. You know, verse seven made me think of something related to this because God tells the people, return to me. Repent, return to me in repentance. And when you do, I will return to you. I will, God's saying, I will come to you in power and glory and revival. Return to me, I will return to you. Now think about this. Did you ever stop to think that your disobedience to God, whether it's in this area or another area, no, it doesn't affect your salvation if you're in Christ. No, it doesn't mean God's gonna break covenant. God's not going to abandon you. But did you ever stop to think that your disobedience to God, whether it's in this area or anything that scripture tells us, that might be what's holding revival back? Did you ever think that your disobedience is holding revival back? I mean, what if God is holding back the next great awakening, waiting for Harvest Baptist Church to return to him in repentance? in this area and in any other area of disobedience. And so there is a negative fallout. I mean, you know, if if I'm disobedient in this area or even in any other area, it affects others. It affects the church, it affects the community, it affects family, it affects. So that's the negative side of the fallout, but when you're disobedient in tithes and offerings in other areas. But verse 12 gives us a flip side. Verse 12 gives us the positive side, if you want to call it that, of fallout when there is obedience, when there is repentance. Because in verse 12, he told the nation of Israel that if they walked in obedience in giving the tithes and offerings, then all the other nations would call them blessed and be a delightful, and, and that they're a delightful land. The nations will call you blessed and you're a delightful land. So, so think of this. If, 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 Harvest Baptist Church was obedient to God in the area of tithes and offerings as well as other areas, God would bless this church in such a way that those who are, are outside the church would notice, hey, God's at work in the church. Something's going on there. We gotta check this out. God's at work. If we would be obedient people, you know, God would give us grace in the eyes of those who are outside of the church. They take notice that this is a group that meets with God. But God says, you have to return to me. And then I'm gonna return to you. Return to me in repentance, I'll return to you in revival. I will return to you in power. But, I know what some of you are, are thinking because there was probably a period of time in my life that I thought the same thing. You're thinking, pastor, you. Yeah, okay, that's all well and good. Yeah, okay, that's what the scripture there says. But you don't know my situation. You don't know what I'm going through. Times are tough. 
The economy stinks. Inflation is through the roof. Money is tight. But did you ever think that God already knows that? I mean, God knows that and he understands that. And if God calls you to the obedience in the area of tithes and offerings, wouldn't he then give you the ability to be able to do that? I mean, think of what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 6 of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 6, I mean, I'll just summarize it for you. But he says, I mean, why, why are you worrying? Why are you worrying about food? Don't I give food to the animals, to the birds? Why are you worrying about clothes? Do I not clothe the flowers? And then he says in Matthew 6, 33, but ab- the way the New English translation says it, but above all, pursue his kingdom and righteousness. Or as you know it from some of the other translations, seek ye first, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those things will be given to you. All those things will be added unto you. You obey God. You concern yourself with walking in the spirit and obeying God and God's gonna take care of, of that other stuff. You seek and pursue God's kingdom and his righteousness with all your might. You obey his word and all those things that you're worried about are gonna be added unto you as well. I mean, that's what scripture says. I mean, I'm not, this is not something that's just kind of coming out of my, my brain. This is God's word and this is God's promises. And so if I choose, if I choose to be disobedient in any area that goes against God's word, I mean, that is a symptom of there's something deeper spiritually going on inside of me. And I need to return, I need to repent. But I also need to remember that my disobedience in this area or any other area, it's gonna have repercussions, it's gonna have a fallout with those around me. But I wanna give one quick final lesson because finally, in, the, in this passage, God gives a guarantee for a faithful follower. God gives a guarantee for a faithful follower. God says in verse 10, bring the entire tithe into the storehouse, which that was the treasury at the, at the temple. That's where God's ministry happened. Bring the tithe to where ministry happens. Bring your tithes to the designated place of God's ministry. For us would be the church. If you bring the entire tithe, God says if you obey him in this area, he will open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down so much blessing, it's gonna overflow, you're not gonna have enough room to hold all of it. Now, before any of you say, holy smokes, Al took a 180, he's turning health and wealth, or something like that, no. That's not what I'm saying, you know. Because I only say what scripture says. I'm I'm not saying the crazy things like the shysters from TV and radio that say, you know what, send me a thousand dollars and God will give you a hundredfold. Well, no, no, that's not how it works. But what God is saying is that if you obey him, see if he does not give you spiritual blessings in abundance. See if he doesn't give you spiritual health. See if he doesn't give you spiritual 
revival. See if he will not take care of your needs. I'm not saying your wants. I'm saying your needs. The health and wealth people, they're all about your wants. You, you, want, that, you want that new Lamborghini or whatever, just name it, claim it, send me $1,000 and God will give you that, give you that Lamborghini. And if enough of you send in your $1,000, God will give me that Lamborghini, right? <coughs> no. But see if he will not take care of your needs. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All those things will be added unto you. I mean, if, if, a bird, if a bird who's in the middle of a forest doesn't have anything happen to it outside of God's knowledge and will, I mean, how much more precious are we to God than a bird? If, if God feeds and takes care of the birds, will he not take care of us? I, I mean, that, that, I'm, hey, I'm preaching to someone, I, I, I can be a worry ward at time, many times too. But you know what? God says, look, you know, we, we, might not, we might not think we have enough faith for that. But God, in, what does God say in verse 10? He says, test him in this matter. Test me and see if it will not happen. Go, go ahead, return to him, obey him and obey his word and see what he'll do. Test me in this, God says. Now, you know, we might still not trust him with this. Some of the problem is, you know, we've strapped ourselves with so much debt we can't think, think straight. For others, it might be that our priorities when it comes to finances and resources are out of whack. I mean, I can't give to the church, but I can get this several hundred dollar toy for my kids so they get out of my hair, you know, or something along those lines. And again, I repeat what Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is as well. Maybe we're not giving, maybe we're being disobedient to God in this area because our heart is in the world and our heart isn't toward Christ. Our heart isn't toward making his name known. Our heart isn't toward the gospel going forth. Our heart isn't toward his kingdom and his righteousness. You know, you say, I can't afford to give tithes and offerings. God says you can't afford not to. Because you're robbing yourself when you're robbing God. What does he say? Test me in this matter to see if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out blessing for you until there is no room for it all. And then verse 11 goes on to talk about provision and protection that he gives when obedient in this area. If you're, I mean, if you're disobedient, right, he said, <coughs> you're gonna face the curse, the judgment, the discipline. But for them, you know, he's talking to an agricultural society, so he says, if you're obedient, I will stop the plague from ruining your crops and the vine will not lose its fruit before harvest. God says, I'm gonna provide and protect. Test me on this, trust me on this. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey, right? So let me just close with, with this story. There, a few years back, there was a church in Galveston, Texas, and they had what was called a tithing demonstration Sunday for its members. And on a designated Sunday, everyone was asked to give a tithe of one week's salary. 
<coughs> whether or not they usually tithe, they urged everyone, give a tithe at one time and see what happens. See what happens in your life. Now, as you can imagine, the offering was the biggest offering they ever got, like six times, six times normal, the usual offering. But the aftermath is what's exciting because many who had never tithed before, they changed their attitude and decided that, you know what? If God calls me to obedience in this, I'm going to obey. Not just this once, but I'm gonna continue. And by the end of the year, giving was up three times than what it normally had been before that, that particular Sunday. But more important than that, just enthusiasm was up in the church. Over and over again, after that Sunday, people gave a testimony how obeying God in tithes and offerings actually changed their lives as they saw God fulfill Malachi 3.10. He, he did open up the windows of blessing. And all it took was one step of obedience to Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. I'm gonna obey God in this area, and hopefully, you know, we'll say, I'm gonna obey God in these other areas, but I'm gonna obey God in this area, and I'm gonna see God provide, and they did. Now, I'm not going to say up here that if you obey God in this area of tithes and offerings, you're gonna become materially rich, you're not gonna become healthy. You're not gonna go through surgeries. You're not gonna you know, go through any, anything like that. I'm, I'm not gonna say that. But I will say this, when you obey God in this area and in other areas, you're, you obey his word, your walk is gonna become more joyous and you're never gonna to wanna to turn away from obeying him again. You're gonna wonder, why didn't I start obeying God to begin with? I've been given a joy. You know, it's not just a matter of saying it because the pastor said so, the pastor is making me feel guilty. It is a matter of spiritual health. It is a matter of spiritual growth. And it's a matter of remembering that when we do rob God, we are actually robbing ourselves. We really are. And so this morning, Christian, come to the altar and pray that God would provide for his church so that the ministry would go forth unhindered. But there's another area of disobedience I need to address for, for everyone to hear. If you're obeying in this one area but not in this other area, things are a little bit off. Because my question to you is, have you obeyed the gospel call? Have you obeyed the call to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved? You see, giving tithes and offerings to the church, while it is a matter of obedience, it is not a matter of salvation. Giving to the church will not save you. Obedience to God's law will not save you. It will not get you to heaven. But Jesus died on the cross so that you could receive forgiveness and believing in Jesus Christ, trusting in him alone, that will get you to heaven. First take the step of obedience in believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And after you do that, you receive the Holy Spirit and then you're empowered to obey the rest of God's word. Won't happen perfectly, but over time, as you mature, it will happen. Why? Because just like we sung, it is Christ 
in us, living through us. Only Christ will get you to heaven. And if you haven't taken that first step of obedience and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, come down today and I will introduce you to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest underscore HBC. Our student ministries on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening and God bless.